Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'm conscious that we are shortly after lunch, so I'll try to keep it to the point and as short as possible. I'm pretty sure um, you are all aware of the environmental issues. Let's see if this works. Yeah. Of the environmental issues surrounding us. Um, but here are some of the reasons uh, why we all need to take action to protect the environment. And shipping, of course, is not an exception. Uh, and shipping banks have actually committed, particular shipping banks have actually committed to assist in the IMO's action to reduce emissions. Uh, we at Watson Farley Williams are very proud to have supported uh, the founding banks um, of the Poseidon principles, helping, um, helping them to formulate um, the principles to work towards a cleaner uh, shipping uh, industry. Now, what are the Poseidon principles? What are they, what are they all about? The Poseidon Principles is a voluntary scheme that particular banks, the founding banks, established. It was launched on the 18th of June 2019, and they established uh, a framework for assessing and disclosing climate alignment of SIP finance portfolios of uh, participating financiers with the IMO's uh, goal of reducing greenhouse gas emissions by 50% by 2050 compared to 2008. The principles received a very strong uh, day one support from a core of financing uh, banks shown on this slide as the founding signatories. And last month, on the 22nd of January, additional signatories were added uh, with two major SIP finance uh, banks signing up, as you can see on this slide. Until the middle of this month, uh, loan facilities of $4.2 billion were, uh, were signed, including the Poseidon principles. And the aggregate loan portfolios of the current signatories amount to $140 billion, which represents about 30% of the total global SIP financing. Now, the aim is through the application of four principles to encourage financiers to take carbon intensity into account when considering financing SIPs that are subject to the requirements of the IMO data collection system requirements for fuel oil consumption of SIPs. It is hoped that over time, uh, this will encourage greener SIPs, this is, this is the intention, that are aligned with the IMO targets. Additional financiers are currently uh, considering uh, signing up to the principles, and they are expected to join in the near future, in the, next, in the next months, actually. There are discussions. It is hoped and desired that additional stakeholders, such as lessors, um, and export credit agencies will also sign up as the principles can equally be applied um, to these structures apart, apart from um, the, the normal loan facilities. Now, the Poseidon principles are comprised of the following four uh, principles. 
The first one involves the alignment. Signatories are required to assess the climate alignment of their SIP finance portfolios on an annual basis. And I will say a few more things about this a bit later. The second principle is all about accountability. In assessing the climate alignment of their portfolios, signatories agree for the sake of robustness and verifiability to use data types, data sources, and service providers as set out in the guidelines to the principles. To this end, clear data collection and processing pathways are identified in the guidance documentation with the preferred pathway, as it is called, being um, for signatories to obtain the necessary data for their calculations from uh, a recognized organization, as it is called, which is basically the classification society uh, or the flag state. It's normally the classification societies. The third principle is uh, enforcement. Signatories agree to work with their clients and partners to covenant the provision of necessary information to calculate carbon intensity and climate alignment of their portfolios. And finally, transparency, transparency is the fourth principle. Upon becoming a signatory, um, a lender or a, a financier is to publicly acknowledge that it is a signatory report the results of the climate alignment assessment annually to the Secretariat to the Poseidon Principles and publish the results of their assessment in, the institutional, in their institutional reports, again on an annual basis. So how do they work in practice? How all these four principles work in practice? The Secretariat to the Poseidon Principles produces standard decarbonization trajectories, as they are called, in any given uh, year based on the agreed and clearly stated assumptions for specific SIP types and SIP sizes. These decarbonization trajectories provide a representation of how many grams of carbon dioxide a single SIP for a specified type and size of uh, a vessel can emit to move one ton of cargo over one nautical mile for the applicable year. However, it should, it should be noted that assumptions used in the calculation of decarbonization uh, trajectories may change over time. So in the event of any change, such decarbonization uh, trajectories would need to be amended, obviously, but this would be on a forward-looking basis only. Now, changes to assumptions may come about for a number of reasons, including a change in demand growth and utilization of tonnage, or a revision of the actual IMO uh, greenhouse ga uh, gas strategies as a, result, as a result of a change in ambition. Note that the IMO uh, is expected to review its strategy in the next few years and with the next, um, uh, currently the next review is anticipated for 2023. Now, as already touched upon, in order for the signatories to the principles to calculate the carbon intensity of each SIP in their portfolio, 
they will use elements of the same data as that which must be supplied in accordance with the IMO data collection system requirements. Specifically, fuel consumption, distance traveled, hours underway, and technical characteristics of the vessels, including, of course, dead weight tonnage. The data needs to be checked by the flag state or the recognized organization, namely the classification society, and they will issue a statement of compliance for each vessel. And this will be issued normally five months um, after the, the year end, after each year end. The reported data will then be transferred to the IMO within one month. In order to do this, the data I just mentioned are used to calculate a carbon intensity metric for each ship referenced as the average efficiency ratio or AER, which is calculated for all voyages performed in a calendar year. Once the AER for a ship has been determined, this figure is plotted against the applicable standard carbonization trajectory for the relevant ship type and size class, with the climate alignment of the ship being the percentage difference between the AER and the decarbonization trajectory at the same point in time. Now, let me give you an example. For illustrative purposes, I have extracted, this is a sample actually of decarbonization, of the decarbonization trajectory from the um, technical guidelines uh, to the principles to show the assessment of climate alignment at vessel level. The blue line, which you can see here, describes a decarbonization trajectory for the period um, to 2050 for ships of an undisclosed type and size class. Using the applicable formula, the AER, for five similar vessels in the portfolio are plotted against the decarbonization trajectory for, as an example, year 2019. The red dots, which you can see, show the vessels that do not comply with the decarbonization trajectory for that particular year, whereas the green dots uh, show those which do comply. The difference between a ship's AER and the corresponding uh, point in the trajectory at the same point of time is expressed as a plus or a minus uh, percentage, which is the SIPS climate alignment figure. Again, if there is a formula, there is an, a mathematical type, which I'm not going to, um, to include uh, for the purposes of this um, uh, talk, um, but there is a formula determining the climate alignment for a SIP, and this is contained in the technical guidance to the principles, uh, which you can all, of course, access through uh, their internet site. Now, to assess climate alignment at the portfolio level for each particular bank or financier, the signatory would aggregate the climate alignment of all SIPs in their portfolio and then report the weighted average of their portfolio based, in the case of loans, on the debt secured so that it is clear to what extent the portfolio as a whole 
meets the IMO uh, target for the applicable reporting year. Signatories would then report the climate alignment of its overall portfolio for the previous year to the Secretariat, to the Poseidon Principles, by the 30th of November and publish it in their annual reports. The Secretariat, in turn, publishes the alignment, the climate alignment scores for the previous year by the 31st of December. It is worth noting here that unlike the European Union uh, MRV reporting requirements, both the IMO data collection system reporting and the Poseidon principles are anonymized. Accordingly, it will not be possible to identify specific SIPs or companies when they, they actually report. Under the um, EU MRV reporting requirements, uh, this is not the case, and the collected data will be made publicly available. The annual obligation of a signatory to calculate and report on the alignment of its portfolio arises in the year following the year in which uh, they became a signatory. So for those who signed, signed up in 2019, the obligation arises from the current year. To assist in obtaining the necessary data for the purposes of such calculations, signatories agree to use best efforts to include a standardized covenant clause in all their new loan facilities involving a credit product secured against a vessel which is subject to the IMO data collection system requirements. The wording of the standardized covenant um, is on this slide. You can uh, see this on this slide and places the owner under an obligation, in short, uh, to provide its lender with all information necessary for the lender to comply with its obligations under the Poseidon principles. Whilst it may be possible to obtain the relevant information under the existing information covenants already included in the loan documentation, the standard covenant, this covenant, more clearly sets out the, the requirements to be observed. Lloyd's Register is currently working with other classification societies on establishing a database to enable signatories to get access to the required information directly, uh, perhaps under the name of Trident, but this is still um, a project under development, and the, issue, the issues there are uh, uh, issues of consent of the owners to disclose such information. And this, of course, would need to be addressed. Now, what are the implications for the owners? Are there any actual implications, practical implications for SIP owners? Lenders, first of all, have already started to put this clause in their loan documentation, as I mentioned earlier. And we have indeed drafted and signed a significant number of loan facilities incorporating the Poseidon principles. In line with our experience of other environmental covenants, the inclusion of the clause, first of all, has generally been accepted by owners. We haven't seen many, we haven't seen much pushback there. After all, and that's, I suppose, the main reason why we haven't seen much pushback, 
all the obligations of an owner under the standardized covenant, which I just uh, mentioned, are not onerous. Why they are not onerous? Because they only have to provide copies of the data which they already are under an obligation to report on, uh, to report on in accordance with the IMO data collection system requirements. So there isn't any additional requirement under the Poseidon principles. The only potential issue, perhaps, is the cost of the, com of the statement uh, of compliance which the classification societies uh, will have to issue. Although, w obviously, we don't expect this to be any significant uh, cost. In light of the language highlighted on this slide, some owners have been worried about any future amendments to the Poseidon principles and have sought to amend the language so that any change to the owner's obligations under the covenant are basically restricted to any amendment that reflects legal or regulatory changes to mandatory requirements of the IMO. Therefore, the concern is that Poseidon principles and the IMO requirements are uh, aligned in the future as well. Ultimately, however, in the event that the signatory finds resistance from one of its borrowers for the inclusion of the Poseidon Principles Covenant, um, this, is, this is not uh, a breach uh, by the signatory. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, this is a best effort. Uh, it is done on a best efforts basis. And therefore, there isn't any sanction uh, to be applied to, uh, by the Secretariat to the particular signatory. To conclude, uh, we believe that this is a, a significant step towards a greener shipping, and it is hoped that as financing uh, will become perhaps easier uh, for greener ships through um, the financiers' willingness to finance those ships in priority uh, to not as green ships, let's call them, this should also have an impact on owners' uh, relevant decisions. Thank you very much. <laughs>